ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, ironoverload.io hardcore episode 59 we're speeding right along on the way to 100 they're going to talk about how to train for the perfect body training for shape in the last episode we also talked about training and go back and listen to that one which is uh io 58 iron Overload 58 so this one we're doing 59 and this one um you know how to train for a perfect body we all want the, the perfect body and you know training for shape is something that a lot of people want and, um, you know, we're going to do this episode. We're going to keep in mind as well that we do have female listeners and female listeners, a lot of female listeners, they weight train to get into shape. So if you have girlfriends, wives or whatever, this is the episode to show them. So we're going to focus both both genders, male and female, um, you know, training for shape. I'm bringing Mobster first for this because Mobster has been training for longer than most people that are listening to this have been alive. And he's oh, yeah. seen a lot of different things. He's traveled all across the world, seen different training uh, training techniques, seen all kinds of shapes and sizes for people. So I want to bring him in on this one to start us off. Right. So I'll use a very quick analogy right right away, Steve. Uh, what happens, ladies, uh, when you lose weight? Sometimes it's annoying. It's really frustrating. Right. And I'm thinking about the bucket, Steve, the backside, the bum, the gluteus maximus. What gives you those curves? Okay, so sometimes we've got a little bit too much on the outside of the hip. Oh, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to do some cardio. I'm going to, I'm going to get my nutrition on point. And I want those saddlebags, the, the dimples on the top side of the fires, on the outside of the fires to disappear. But at the same time, this is how frustrating it's going to be. I lose my ass. It disappears. It becomes pancake. It's flat. So what do you then do? You then go to the gym and you've got... Equipment. I think one of them is actually called the glute buster, Steve. There are specific pieces of equipment and exercises you can do to literally give you that peach right back where it was, but not on the sides. Those saddlebags have gone, ladies. But you want that butt back. You want to fill out that skirt, that dress. You want to show the boys down the club what they're missing and so on. Guys are no different. If, you, if you've got the kind of uh, young men, especially that might listen to this podcast, wanting to fill out their shirt, wanting their arms just to pop through on the T-shirt or the, the, the short sleeve top shirt or, or the dress shirt that they're going to wear down the club. They want a little bit of tricep in. They want to know that you can see that they trained, right? So that's pretty much everyone. Now, when we take it to the oomph degree, Steve, we're talking about competitive bodybuilders. And Arnold, which we've referred to in previous shows, talks about molding the body. He says, I'm, I, I think he was being interviewed for a TV thing or a newspaper or something like that. And in order to make it sound more than it was and to promote the sport, he talked about being his own sculptor. He says, if I want my arms to be bigger, I slap a bit more clay on, a little bit more muscle. If I want my shoulders to be wider, I put a bit more clay on. If I was a sculptor, that's what I'd do. If I'm a bodybuilder, I am, then I train to make my shoulders look wider by adding muscle to my delts. So the thing of it is, and I think I said this in the pre-show to Steve, pretty much every single person that's ever trained ever does what we call 
a whole body routine. Probably, I would say 60, 70% of our listeners at least, Steve, have done a whole body routine, which pretty mean, much means you train everything. You train back, you train arms, you train shoulders, and so on and so forth. At some point, you kind of get into that, do you know what? I like the fact that I'm bigger and stronger and more muscular. I like the fact that I've got the hard body thing going on. I like the fact that I feel better because my nutrition's on point. But God damn, boy, if I could make my waist look a little bit smaller, just trim down my obliques, uh, that my waist looks smaller, my shoulders look wider, my chest looks fuller just from trimming down my waist. But what about if I can't trim down my waist? Maybe I'm doing too many deadlifts, so perhaps I should change that exercise and do a little bit more volume and a little bit less weight so that my obliques just shrink down a little tiny bit. But I can also work on the outer head of my delts. Now I'm body shaping. Now I'm body sculpting. Now I'm training for shape. Now, that might not necessarily be the healthiest. I'm sure there's a few physicians out there, medical doctors and whatever, I think blood pressure could be better because you're training so goddamn hard. You know, he's having to force food down to get more muscle on. Diet in at 1,200 calories if you're a lady just to get rid of them saddlebags. It's not necessarily lovely with the old body dysmorphia here, Steve, what people might not arguably call the most healthiest pursuit. But goddamn, you look good. Your shoulders are wide. Your waist looks small. You can even do a thing sometimes where you almost have to bring your triceps and your biceps back up, Steve, because your arms are a little bit thin hanging down from those big delts. And so the whole body sculpting, body shaping thing becomes a thing in and of itself. I would actually argue, Steve, that they're probably more a bodybuilder at that particular point because your body shaping, bodybuilding, muscle adding than at any other thing. I consider myself way more of a strength athlete than I do a bodybuilder. And yet, if my fairy godmother waved a magic wand and gave me a six-pack, fine. Thank you, Nanny. <laughs> I would take it. It's not a problem. If my waist got a little bit smaller, my shoulders got a little bit wider, right. And in some perverse kind of way, even though I consider myself a strength athlete, I am quite happy for the bonus of muscle tissue, a bigger arm, a, a broader back. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. There's a little bit of a bodybuilder still in me. But for the majority of our listeners, Steve, it's as much about the shape that they present to the world and how they feel about that shape and therefore body sculpting and body shaping as it is for me about being a strength athlete, being able to big, move big weights. What do you think on that subject? So let's, let's, you know, let's start with what are people, let's, I want to, as you were saying that mom, sorry, I kind of came up with, you know, kind of merged what I wanted to talk with on the pre-show, but like you ever walk into the gym and you look around and see what people are doing and you notice, you know, I don't want to be like an asshole, uh, you know, to say this, but I'm, I'll say it. You'll see someone, a fat person who has a lot of body fat on their frame, on their frame, which by definition is a fat person. They are on the ab machine or they're doing crunches. They think if I do abs and I do crunches, I'm going to lose my my body fat around my stomach. So with men, where do men store excess body fat the most? Stomach, right? Um, women tend to store body fat in the stomach as well, but also the thighs, other parts of their body as well. As well. And women by nature are going to hold more body fat than men. One of the reasons, obviously, is because they they childbirth. So, of course, they're going to hold more body fat than men. So, for a woman who's 15% body fat, that's really low. For a woman who's 15% body fat. But for a guy, you know, that is not low. That's, that's you're not going to be able to see your abs and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, let me get that out of the way first. 
But when it comes to that, we see people, you know, they they think, oh, my God, if I work, I've got, you know, a lot of fat on my arms. If I just work my arms, the fat will burn off. Or if I got fat around my stomach or my, my thighs, if I just work my thighs or work my stomach, it's going to burn off fat. That's a mistake. You know, that's not going to get you the perfect body. You've got to lose the body fat first. So before we even get into episode 59, we got to realize that. So if you're sitting out there listening to this. It's, it can be done. Losing body fat is possible, but you've got to lose that body fat first before you even worry about doing ab crunches and working your abs and doing stomach vacuums and all these beautiful things that we do to show off our abs and get our abs popping. you got to maintain a low body fat. So if you're listening to this and you're fat, you've got excess body fat. If you're a man and you're over 15%, let's call that fat. If you're a woman and you're over 20%, let's call that fat. Okay, because you got to get under that to start seeing abs. So, right. So if you can't see your abs, let's call that you're over. You've got too much fat on your frame. Okay, so before you even waste your time doing ab crunches, you got to lose that body fat. You got to lose total body fat around your body. And the thing is, your stomach fat for a man is going to be really, really hard to get rid of because that's the last place your body wants to store fat. So you can not even have fat. You can pinch yourself all over your body as a man you're like oh, i don't have fat on my calves i don't have fat on my arms i don't have fat on my shoulders but i have fat on my stomach well that's because you still need to lose more body fat with women you could be the same way you might not have body fat around your body but your thighs have your butt's got some excess body fat your stomach has excess body fat so you got to lose that excess so it starts in the kitchen with this it starts in the kitchen so I just don't want you to waste your time thinking I'm going to go train in the gym. I'm going to spend this money on a gym membership and I'm just going to burn calories by doing crunches and burn enough calories to burn body fat and burn enough body fat where I can start seeing my stomach because that's not going to be the case. So stop wasting your time. I'm all about time management. Okay. I'm all about doing this economically and time management. You need to lose the body fat first. So get listen to some of the other podcasts that we have on how to lose body fat. The fasting podcast especially can change your life on this. We've seen guys do logs on the forum and they've been obese to start their log. And through their log, they're down, what, 20, 30 pounds, mobster? And they're doing it in a healthy manner because they're implementing fasting into their routine. And the fasting is allowing them to go from being insulin resistant to insulin sensitive. And if you're insulin resistant, you're going to hold body fat, obviously. So we got to get that. We got to get the body fat down. Then we got something to work with when it comes to the training. Go ahead, Mobster. It occurs to me, Steve, uh, something here I've put down in my show notes as you've been talking about three comments, an ongoing process, long-term view, and prioritize. So prioritize is probably the easiest one. There are training systems like pre-exhaust, et cetera, et cetera. But let me do the prioritized one. Let's say for argument's sake that most of my training today was whole body training. But I specifically, as I said earlier, I want you to look wider through the shoulder because that's going to give me that V-shaped upper body. It's literally going to make me look like what most fellas like to look like they're wearing, they're wearing a suit, especially as we said in the 80s and 90s, the power suit. And that was always going to be that kind of cartoonish broad through the shoulder, slim through the waist, a little bit of fire tissue and so on and so forth. So how would I prioritize? Well, what would I do? I would train shoulders first. 
I would, I would literally, in the case of women, and again, I'm thinking of the older women because I'm an older guy. When you get to a certain age, ladies, uh, you get what's called the bingo wing, which is one of those places that's really annoying. Men get it, but not half as bad, where you seem to save, keep body fat on your upper arms. And when you hold your arms out, you kind of got that little bit of flab that's hanging down under it. It's really annoying and frustrating. And men do get it, but women get it worse. So what do you do? Obviously, Steve said the kitchen's in there. But for example, Steve, you could do me doing arm toning exercises. And for example, whether that's very light press-ups, even press-ups off your knee, it might mean you start doing bench press but you also start adding a tricep movement in there and so on and so forth you might even be steve doing a medicine ball where you pick a medicine ball up and you're pressing it off your chest you do something with rubber bands anything but you're looking to tone your arms and at the same time you you would prioritize with the kitchen and with the exercise it might be for example steve that you do two workouts a week which are whole body and one specific workout which is just focusing on that thing that you want to improve steve you could do this and we're not really talking about this today but it could be that you need to work on your swing if you play golf so you should spend several hours a week wait perhaps one afternoon just practicing your swing not going to the golf course and doing 18 holes nine holes not not entering a champion competition or whatever but literally one day working on something that needs to be improved. And that's exactly what we're talking about here today. Now, I will also touch upon here, Steve, as part of the title, it says, how to train for the perfect body. So here's the thing. Truth. There's no such thing. Absolutely not. And arguably, Steve, even if I waved that magic wand and gave you what you imagined to be your perfect body, if you're most people, you might actually get comfortable with that and want something else. So it's an ongoing process, which is another reason why I wrote that down. So it should be that you enjoy going to the gym. It should be that you are prioritizing the muscle that you want to work to shape that muscle, to emphasize that muscle, to give your body shape that look that you're looking for. Like I said, it might be a dress, might be a power suit, might be in a football kit, whatever. But also it should be an ongoing process. And that means that you get that extra two or three inches on your arms, get kind of comfortable with it, bring up the shoulders and suddenly decide perhaps your forearms need to work. Do all of those things and suddenly decide perhaps your calves are lagging and so on. And it's a way of through life, through hitting the gym, arguably, and it's kind of a mental issue, Steve, not being completely satisfied, but at the same time, constantly getting better, constantly progressing until at some point, as we hit old age, Finally, the body says, I'm not going to hold on to that muscle tissue. You're going to be a little bit smaller, a little bit frailer, perhaps amazing shape for an elderly person. But slowly but surely it goes away. Life changes. And what is another one, Steve, and this applies specifically here again. What you want today, you might not want five or 10 years from now. I'll use top professional bodybuilders or athletes again here. You can see some amazing physiques when they're in their teens and then they discovered weights or someone said you should compete. They'd never even read a bodybuilder magazine. And then they kind of got into the game. And then at some point, it suddenly says, like, hey, I had a good physique before. People thought it was outstanding. Oh, I didn't even know I was a bodybuilder. But then they decided they wanted to be a bodybuilder. 
a good amateur and then a professional. And then maybe finally up to the level of the Olympia stage, top 10, top five, top three, maybe, maybe first or second. And over time, they started to train specifically. I want my outer quads to pop. I need better separation. Uh, I've got a great body, but my posing's awful. Uh, I've got fantastic strength, but my nutrition could be better and so on and so forth. So it's a constant thing. And this should apply, Steve, not just in the gym, but to life, whether it's becoming a better driver, a better parent and so on and so forth. It should never, in my opinion, be you never stop learning. You should never stop trying to progress and so on and so forth. It stimulates you. It keeps you hungry. It's the reason why you, you and I do this podcast. We want to put out on every single show that we do better information. We want to have little tiny things, nuances that we add to these shows. Just makes each show slightly better than the last one. We have shows where we knew that we killed it. And other shows, oh, we could have been, oh, we talked a little bit over, oh, we should have, and so on. Same thing in the gym. And I don't think there's a listener here today that will be listening to the podcast that doesn't want to improve, doesn't want to get that little bit better. Talk about how it changes through life, Steve, before we get to the end. Yeah, um, you know, look, at the end of the day, you know, your goals are going to change as you as you get. And what happens is a lot of times, too, you know, uh, injuries kind of push you in one direction. When I did endurance sports, I was getting injured too much. The pain really got on my nerves, so I switched back to weight training. Then I went to powerlifting. I was doing powerlifting for, uh, again, I got dealt into injuries. I had to switch back to more, you know, different different types of styles. So there's different styles to take. Don't be scared to change. Listen to your body, you know, and 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 always react to things that happen. It's very important when it comes to training. We're not talking about weight training on this podcast. You know, endurance training is very, very important. High intensity training is very important. Have you ever ran hills up and down? That can really, really get you into shape quick. A lot of that. Um, hot yoga, Bikram hot yoga. If you've never tried that before, go try it. It will blow your mind. It will get you into shape like you won't believe. All right. So these are things that we can get out of shape. But get a strong heart. Get your resting heart rate down as much as we can um, to a level where you're extremely, extremely in shape and condition. And that's going to get your body into shape. You'll you'll be able to tone your body like you wouldn't believe. A hot Pilates is really, really good. Um, if you if there's places around town, um, if you really, really look into it, that do have pyro Pilates or hot Pilates, ooh, that will get you into shape. That's a total body workout. And the nice thing about it is this low intensity on the body where you're not going and running, you know, off-road for an hour. You're in a room and you're standing in the same spot. You're doing burpees. You're doing push-ups. You're doing core work. You know, you're you're. It's it's in a hot room. You're sweating like crazy. That will get you in the shape like crazy, and it's low intensity. So that's what I transitioned to when I started getting a lot of injuries to my legs, the plantar fasciitis, the shin splints, all these injuries that you experience on your on your legs when you're pounding as as a runner. And, um, and, you know, it's not easy. I once ran a half marathon. I actually started the half marathon with an injury to my legs. By the end of the half marathon, injury was gone. <laughs> you know, so it's like it numbed the, the, the injury running a half marathon. A lot of these injuries, you know, are are just the body saying, you know, dude, you're 
you're killing us here. You're killing us. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to go into so high intensity training, going on a hill and doing up and down on a nice grassy hill. Like don't fall and break your leg. But I'm saying go up and down the hill for 15 minutes is more effective or just as effective of going and running for an hour and a half on the on the street like I see people do on a, on a sidewalk. You run on the sidewalk, it's concrete. You're heel striking. You're causing a tremendous amount of injuries to your legs. It's something that you want to avoid. So if you're if you're training, don't train. If you're doing, if you like to go running, make sure you you find like a soccer field and run around that grassy soccer field. That's going to be way better for your for your feet and for your legs than going and running on the on the road or on the concrete or something or a treadmill. My gosh, stay away from treadmills. Treadmills will teach you incorrect placement of the foot and it will cause you to heel strike to the point where your injuries increase. And it really doesn't, doesn't, you know, get you trained uh, well. So we're talking about things here when it comes to training that are not necessarily weight training specific. Um, our yeah. last podcast, we talked more about weight training, but this one very, very important to get into these other strategies Long, slow distance is another option. It's much more low impact. Again, stay on a soft surface, maybe a running trail where there's, you know, softer surfaces, there's dirt, there's grass. That would be much better than going and running on the sidewalk or running on a, on a treadmill, et cetera. And make sure I, you're I, getting fit. I'll jump in here, Steve. Need good shoes as well. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Sorry, a perfect body isn't necessarily a strong muscular body. Sometimes it's just a healthy body. Sometimes it's just a fit body, like Steve's talking about, it's flexibility. So it shouldn't, when we talk about the focus of our podcast is always going to be weightlifting and bodybuilding and getting stronger, more muscular, male or female. What we're also talking about today here when we talk about the perfect body is a healthy body, a fit body, a live body, a flexible body. So for example, let me use this analogy as we finish off, Steve. Ian Valier is a French-Canadian bodybuilder who's just recently announced his retirement, Steve. So and one of the things that he's actually already kind of started to do this, he's been on stage 260 pounds. I, I want the listeners to go away and find him on Instagram. It's annoying that bit, Steve, I put up two photographs, which are identical. I don't know why he does it, like a split screen. It's kind of what the fuck's to be in, but whatever. And we did a whole podcast on just what he thought he does, how he thought he trained, the PDs he might use, and so on and so forth. So listen to that, look at that, that one as well. So what did Ian talk about? He sat down in front with his missus and said, you know what, the whole, I think his wife's uh, Melissa, and sat down and said, Steve, he wants to be able to run. He wants literally to do what Steve talks about, running up hills. He wants to, to, to skate. He wants to do ice skating. He wants to do skiing. He says, I cannot do those things as a 260-pound bodybuilder. So his priorities have changed. But he just wants to be, healthier he wants to be more nimble he wants to be more flexible he wants to be able to do more functional things while he still can while he's got no major injuries so this is a big part i've talked about on other shows recently steve just up in my cardio if i did like steve touched upon earlier on and ian's already done this in a recent video Steve, if i did hill climbs right now it would kill my ass Flat is no problem for me, Steve, but hill climbs is another level. If I if I do my normal going out and get my steps 
talking to people while I'm out walking. That's fine, Steve. If I go a little bit faster, I try to hold a conversation. It bites me on the ass. Now, that's partly down to the trend I'm using, but it's also because I'm not conditioned to do those particular things. And as we talked about how things change, it's certainly changed for Ian. It's going to change for me. It's going to change for Steve. At some point, we will not want to be as big and or as muscular as we are now. We will want to be slimmer, lighter, more capable, more able. We want our joints to be healthy. How many times, Steve, and I'll let you come back on this one briefly, how many times do you and I discuss joint health on the forums because we talk about how guys pound away on the joints and we say, and Steve talks about yoga quite a lot, but literally just, for example, Steve, the classic one you and I have mentioned a million times is looking after your shoulders. How, so we talk about changing a perfect body would be no shoulder pain, Steve. Talk about joint health as a priority, a priority for perfect body. Yeah, so the 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 yeah, shoulder definitely is a sensitive muscle, and too many people overtrain it. Because think about it, if you're doing a pushing day and a pulling day back to back, you're going to be working your muscle. You're going to be tearing up those shoulder, the soft tissues in your shoulder. So you want to make sure when you're doing a workout you're not overtraining your shoulders because you can end up blowing out your shoulder. That's what happened to me. I blew out my shoulder going way too, way too heavy on weights. So part of it, uh, of, of training to a, for a perfect body is not injuring yourself because now you can't train if you injure yourself. So you don't have to go heavy to get the perfect body. You don't have to go in there and do a hundred reps and go super lightweight and go to hundred reps and, and do drop sets and all this stuff as well. And really, really hammer away your joints. So again, it, it translates back to, am I getting the proper nutrition? Am I getting the, the proper supplementation to keep my joints and soft tissues healthy? It's it's the whole bodybuilding ignorance of way I look is more important than what's going on inside me. Because what's going on inside you is completely different than how you look. Are, you know? So when it comes to soft tissues, you can't see your soft tissues so you don't care about your soft tissues, but you can see your shoulder. So it's like, I, I, I want to sacrifice my soft tissues. I can't see it. So you got to get out of that bodybuilder image, the whole image thing of how you look in the mirror. So that's very important to stay healthy here. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you're able to train on a consistent basis. If you continuously keep injuring yourself, something's wrong. Either you're, you're overtraining, you're pushing yourself too hard. Or you're like me, you're a type A personality where you push things to the extreme and you injure yourself and then you got to go a different direction. I had to give up powerlifting because I blew out my shoulder. I went to a physical therapist and he said straight up, I asked him, I was like, will I ever lift heavy again? He said, no. I said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I had my day in the sun. It's time to move on. I didn't cry about it, but I can still bench press a lot of weight, but I'm just not going to be able to bench press over 400 anymore. So it's okay. It was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I went back to the basics. I started training for health and for looking good year round and not so much for ego, you know, and, and doing it that way. So things work out in the right direction. So never, ever give up. If, if something goes wrong, you always kind of pick up. So at the end of the day, I'll bring you in, Mobster, touched on that a bit. Then swing yeah. it back over to me. I'm going to go over some final tips to train for a perfect body and some of the ideas that you guys can start and gals can start on literally today 
and start doing. So touch on that a couple of minutes and bring yeah. it back. So let me give you a couple of couple of little insights. And I'm just thinking for the training for shape, Steve. I'll, I'll just finish on that for myself. As an example, one of the best coaches in that particular regard was able to get nuances and extra bits and pieces with the angles and changing of handles and whatever else from an exercise would be probably Charles Glass at Gold's Gym. It's not the only one, but he's probably the most well-known in that particular regard. And I think of, for example, here is a great example of uh, you, you want to train your lats, but are you training the muscle when it's right up into the armpit? Or you're training the muscle where it fits down into the bottom of your rib cage. Now, some people have high lats. It only seems like it goes down a couple of ribs. And some people, I'm thinking specifically here at Kai Green, it seems like it goes all the way down into the waist, like two inches above the waist, Steve. Honestly, it's like back wings. So there are little tricks, little nuances that you would emphasize where it ties in at the bottom. And you're trying as best as possible to get that flare, that pop, that shape, and so on and so forth. Now, like we said with this podcast, it's a bit back and forth. I don't know, kind of a little bit unclear in that particular regard. Body shape isn't necessarily super healthy. But at the same time, most a lot of us are going to the gym because we want to look a certain way. But ultimately, the, the, the perfect body is flexible, feels good, is hopefully the right shape that we want to is able to do a bunch of things, is able to go around, run out and run a mile, is able to digest every single food you put in front of it, and so on and so forth. Now, and I will touch on this last thing, Steve, before you come back in. There's no such thing as a perfect shape, and there's no such thing as a perfect body. It is always going to be an ongoing process that you need to kind of be hungry for, and at some point, priorities will change so you know i'm working my lats today i want to work my abs tomorrow i want to work my sweep on my quads the day after i need to add not 10 seconds of my 5k i need to be able to reach past my toes when i'm stretching down to reach my feet and so on and so forth different priorities will change over time we're all about that you i want you to come on the forums especially here steve tell us what it's about tell us where you've been tell us where you want to get in the future and that could be a perfect bicep peak if it's possible or it might be a great 5K time. Finish off with your thoughts on that particular one, Steve. Yeah, so final strategies here. You want to build a perfect body with training. Hill running on a soft surface, long distance running on a grassy surface, barefoot, or get really, really good shoes. Make sure bit hot Bikram yoga, hot pyro Pilates style. You know, these are really, really good strategies that you've probably never tried before. So you can literally not even step foot in a gym, but set foot in a class setting or outdoors and build a really, really good body um, with, with those four things I just gave you. And you can literally just train that, you know, just do kind of a split routine where you're doing those four things and that will get you in really, really good shape. And like I said, genetics is a factor. But it's not as big of a factor as people make it out to be. It's more of an excuse. It's become an excuse. I see like every boomer out there with every type of uh, medical condition, those bitches, oh, it's my genetics, it's my genetics. No, it's not your genetics. It's that you eat like shit. So make sure, go check your kitchen, your refrigerator, your pantry right now and look at all the junk food in your house and get rid of it and start eating healthy. That's going to be the step one of building the, the perfect body to train. You're not going to be able to train those four things I just gave you if you're eating shit all day and then you go train. You're not going to have any energy. And you're going to be throwing up. Okay. So make sure you eat good throughout the day. These, this is, you know, pushing your body in, in, in the smart way. Don't push your body the dumb way.
All right, Mobster, take us in the disclaimer. Great show, Steve. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcast are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.